Uh, today's guest, and we're really happy to have her on our show and to get to know her, is Diva. Hi, Diva. Hello, hello, hello. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Spokane and just kind of the connection to art, and we'll go from there. Okay, well, I moved to Spokane five years ago with my mother and my four-month-old daughter from the great state of Michigan and got out here with nothing Mm. and have kind of built a nice little life for myself out here. So uh, was there um, uh, something here for you uh, in Spokane that brought you to Spokane? My mother. So she's got roots here in Spokane? Well, she got a job here. Oh. And so I was like, well, it's her first grandchild, so... I'm not going to stay, you know, 2,500 miles away from her, so might as well come with her. And had a huge culture shock when I got here. That <laughs> <laughs> was going to be my next question. <laughs> How much did you know about Spokane when you got here? So the only thing I had done was do a little bit of like, okay, what is in Spokane? And I looked at the demographics, you know, because the first thing mm-hmm. that happens when you Google a city, it's like, all right, what are the stats? And I was like, Oh, okay. So that's where we're going. All righty then. <laughs> what was like the like uh, the biggest thing to get used to, and and have you kind of overcome that since you've been here? Oh, the biggest thing getting used to is not seeing black people on a regular everyday basis. Um, though there has been an uptick. I see them on the north side and the south hill now and, you know, <laughs> in West Central and East Central yeah. and see them all around town. Um, not really, really in Hilliard, but we'll work on that. Mm. And um, food, like growing up in the Midwest, it was two hours from Chicago. I lived basically 15 minutes from South Bend, Notre mm-hmm. Dame country, go Irish. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Three hours to Detroit, five, six hours to Nashville, three hours to Indianapolis, 10 hours to New York City. Food and culture and music and access. And at any given time, anytime we wanted, we could jump on a train and be in Chicago in two hours. We would, at times in my earlier years, (laughs) leave for Chicago at 10 o'clock at night and get there at 10 and get ready oh, right. and go out and drive back because the clubs in Chicago would close at 4 a.m., which was 5 a.m. back home because of the time change. Mm-hmm. So we could literally pop down and pop back at any given time, any given weekend, driving to New York, leave on a Thursday, long weekend. Oh, you're there in two hours. You have two drivers. You might be there in eight. <laughs> so, yeah. That sounds nice. So year five, though, um, has there been a, a part of Spokane or – Something that is kind of, yeah, I'm kind of gravitating toward this. I kind of like this part of Spokane. Um, the only part of Spokane that I truly adore. Well, there's two. I'll give it two. One is that there's so much space. So much. It, it's, it's ridiculous what has not been filled what is not going on what is not being done it it's an entrepreneur's dream like just i've said it before spoken knights don't understand what they have 
mm. compared to other parts of the country. And the second thing I love is the fact that there are so many small businesses here. Like you go North Monroe, you drive around, you're like, yeah, like this business has been here for forever and mom owned it and now dad's running it or, you know, mom and dad mm -hmm. own it. Kids are running it now. Yeah. Hmm. Those are the two things that I kind of appreciate about Spokane. So speaking of businesses, since you've been here, um, so there's an art connection here. Yes. And uh, so maybe we could just start there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shades of Me yes. is the Facebook page that I saw. Yes. Uh, and w what is it? How did it start? What is it designed to do? So Shades of Me is the only black, brown, yellow, red collective in Spokane. Um, I tell people all the time, I do discriminate. I don't work with white <laughs> artists. I just don't. Um, Present company excluded. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't represent white artists. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it came about as an idea. I did um, photography is one of my areas of art. And I did my own show last year in August with another collective that I was a part of. And I was like, okay. Um, my series was called Black Girl Magic. And it featured different ages of black women that I had shot here in Spokane. And um, I was like, all right, I know all these other black and brown dope female artists. Like, where are they on First Friday? And I would have been here long enough to know and gone to enough First Fridays that I'm like, Okay, like I don't see any representation of myself or people who might look like me. I don't see it for my daughter. So where is it? And one of my artists, Randy Budano, was like, so you're going to do this show. And I was like, okay. And he was like, so you're going to be our agent, too. And I was like, what? Um, no, sure. Yes, whatever. I don't know. I, okay. And that was last year in October. And we did the first show in April. With Every Woman Can, their um, Women to Move Mountains Inland Northwest Women Show. And shout out to Deb over at Every Woman Can. Love her to death. Um, one of my other artists, uh, Brittany Trombitas, who's an amazing hairstylist over at Urbana, um, made that connection for us. And Deb and I sat down and she was like, I want to do this. I have the space for you. Let's do it. And so 10 artists. All brown women from every different eth ethnic group, black, mixed, Brazilian, um, Filipino, uh, who else? Yeah, that was a mix. Yes. Um, from all different parts of the country. Some raised here, some came here, some people from the Air Force. We did a show for two days oh. and we had a blast out there. Yeah. And from then, it just grew. So what are you currently, what's uh, the current project you got going with? Uh, well, we have Dinner with Shades. That's coming up. And those will be held at Wiley's Downtown Bistro. I mm -hmm. went in one day and I was like, oh, Michael, would you like to partner with me on something? Mm -hmm. And I was there with a whole other group of women. And um, he goes, yeah, like, come talk to me. And we sat down and we chatted and decided to do some dinners. And each dinner features a different artist. So September 15th is Brittany Trombitas. September 29th is 
Chantel Jackson. October 6th is Randy Budano. October 13th is AJ the Wordsmith. And then November 10th is Amanda Roy. And you can buy tickets. Mm. And the art is secondary. And the artist is primary. So the kind of subtitle to Dinner with Shades is A Bridge to Intimacy. So it's about coming in and hearing these artists' stories and about their artwork and how they have experienced life in Spokane and how they grew up and their brown and how that influences their art. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So the format, they'll get kind of people will gather, <clears throat> be maybe around some tables and things like that, and they, they'll have a part where they speak. Oh, uh, this is like a full-blown cocktail where jackets required, oh, ticketed wow. dinner. So um, my first degree when I got here is in hotel and restaurant management, and I was doing event planning before I moved mm -hmm. here. And I love... I'm from the Midwest. We <laughs> we do it up and we wear jackets to dinner. And um, I wasn't seeing that here. So essentially, I just kind of created something to say, hey, let me bring a little piece of the East Coast Midwest to Spokane. And actually, we choir jackets right. at restaurants because if we're having fine dining food, well, we need fine dining attire. And um, so individual tickets are $25. Couple tickets are 45 and you get to go out on a Sunday night and have a fabulous fine dining dinner and ask questions of artists and hear stories and hear some poetry and ask, just really begin to build intimacy with artists. I mean, I know that there are art talks, artist talks that mm -hmm. happen at galleries, but they're really boring. <laughs> like, oh, I looked at your art and yeah. now I'm going to sit in this gallery and listen to you talk for 45 minutes about your art. I don't get any food. Like, there's, there's <laughs> nothing else happening here. Okay. Um, but to be able to bring people from all different walks of life and allow networking and talking and an actual conversation in a beautiful space with really good cocktails, I think is a mm. lot of fun. And just takes an artist talk and steps it up a little bit. Yeah. So you organize those. Yes. Uh, and you represent artists as well. I represent artists. I take commissions. I book shows for them. And now, it, so what? Yeah, that's, well, that was my question. What does it mean to represent an artist? What does that mean? Oh, it means to spend a lot of time looking for art calls and approaching venues and saying, hey, would you like to have my artists come in and hang their work? Um, I give them different themes um, each month for First Friday. We're actually not doing a First Friday in October because of terrain. So I told them all, everybody submit to terrain. Um, I have a love, I don't want to say love, hate, a love interest, <laughs> a love misstep, uh, you know, redheaded stepchild relationship with terrain. Um, but I think there's space for other things. And so it's one of those of, hey, this is the biggest show. No matter how I feel about it personally, all y'all need to submit your work. This is an area where hundreds of eyes will be on your mm -hmm. artwork. And it also puts you in the position to deal with rejection. Because rejection can be hard. And the mm -hmm. first time you get rejected, it can hit your ego because you've been out there and you've been doing the shows mm -hmm. and everybody's telling you, oh, my gosh, I love your art and you're hearing all this. And then 
terrain can be like, yeah, no, we're good. We're yeah. good. Yeah, I've heard that from many people. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. I think they get so many submissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they that that they, they, a lot of people have had experience with rejection from them, and mm-hmm. that's that's tough. I mean, I I got artwork in last year. I got two pieces in, right and it was a fun thing to do. Um, I had friends, associates, former colleagues who did not, and their reaction was. An interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, too, when you were talking about Shades of Me, uh, you mentioned that you were a part of a collective. I was. What does that mean? So, um, well, the Shades Collective is a group of artists that bounce ideas off of each other, that collaborate. Um, So in June, that was the last First Friday we did, their theme was inspired by tarot cards. So they took each took a card from the major arcana, portion of the tarot deck and recreated it in their own way. Hmm. Hmm. So there was one collaboration between Randy Budano and Francis Mortel. They're both Filipino and they took El Dia de los Muertos Mm -hmm. and she took a picture because she's a photographer and they partnered together. He's a painter and created this beautiful piece. And one of the models, the model that they used for this piece is one of our artists. She goes by Illumishati, but her name is Jasmine, <laughs> Jasmine Hernandez. And it came out so beautifully. And Jasmine is Filipino and Puerto Rican. So it was this beautiful sort of ethnic mix with a whole lot of different mm-hmm. cultures playing in there and different ideas. And that's what I love about them. They all kind of bring their own culture, bring their own heritage, bring their own perspective, bring their own styles and collaborate with each other and encourage each other and celebrate each other and hang out with each other. And yeah. So is this collective also, is this like a, is it a nonprofit? It is is not. Oh, we're, 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 no, I mean, I just... <laughs> we're not, uh, um, because... They're going to get paid, Mike. <laughs> Listen. Artists deserve to get paid, man. <laughs> and all of our heritages and ethnicities and various countries, capitalism came in and colonialism came in and destroyed us. Why Why should we be a nonprofit? No. Um, no, let's put some money back into our own pockets. So how many members are in the collective? Oh, right now... Nine. Okay. And what if somebody wanted to become part of the collective? So How would that happen? We are ah, not. Good question. One, we are not accepting any new artists until Ooh. next year. Exclusive. It is. Um, it is by invitation only. Mm, okay. And moving into the new year, if you do not click with the family, you cannot come in. However, you can be shades adjacent. <laughs> um, I'm actually building out a list right now of really dope artists, whether they're comedians or they are authors or they are poets or jewelry makers mm-hmm. or sculpturists or hairstylists, makeup artists, fashion designers, whatever their art is, singers. They don't have to be a part of the collective. They can be shades adjacent, which means that I will put their name out there. I don't have to agent for them, though. But I can mm-hmm. support them. So who are some of those artists that aren't involved that you've got your eye on? Well, there is January York. She is out of Indianapolis. Dope. Dope. Dope poet. Um, 
my ex-husband actually shared a video of hers called Sexy. And I saw it and I was like, who is this woman? And I actually stalked her on Facebook. I was like, I'm going to be her friend. Like, (laughs) I need to know her. And that was, I want to say, probably a good six, seven years ago. And we are friends now. Like, that is my sister. I love her. She is amazing. Um, Renee Wallace. She is an author out of Arkansas. She writes, uh, she writes novels about black people. And they are really amazing. You can find her work on Amazon. Um, Dees Casillas, local comedian here, have done his podcast. He was one of the first people that I met when I came to Spokane. Absolutely love him. Um, Let me think. Let me think. There's one more. Um, Yeah. And the person is. Oh, oh, Sarah Torres. She is um, an artist here. She goes to the Falls. She is also student body president over at the Falls. Amazing artist, amazing artist, Latrice Williams. She um, is a singer here and also a realtor. She did North Idaho's Got Talent and won Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. Um, There is Patricia Osborne. She's a fashion designer. Listen, this woman makes her own fabrics from pictures and she'll just see a pattern somewhere and she'll be like, I need that picture. And she'll come out and she'll make her own pattern. And then she has a shop... um, so you can find her, Patricia Osborne. And who else is Shades adjacent? Um, but yeah, that's the list. That's kind of like off the top of my head. I've been collecting them. So it sounds like mm. your great gift then is to be the hub I am. of a big wheel. Yes. That, that's your talent, yes. right? Yeah. I, I tell people I create space and throw really good parties. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I do. Is that what you did back in Michigan too? Uh, no. Uh. I did a whole bunch of different things in Michigan. That was home. That was like a cultivation space. Well, I, mm-hmm. I would like to talk about that, but uh, we got to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yes. So yes. Uh, we got a couple uh, things about business we have to do. So um, help keep Art Hour coming to you every week for as little as $3 a month by texting Give KYRS to 44321 text uh, again all one word give KYRS to 44321 help keep us on the air and we have a new underwriter specifically for Art Hour and Art Hour receives support from South Perry Pizza featuring rotating local artists and serving hand-tossed artisan pizza beer and wine that's 1011 South Perry Street and online at South Perry Pizza Spokane.com. And uh, kind of a special thank you to uh, John Syok, who will be visiting shortly, um, owner of South Perry Pizza. So thank you again, South Perry Pizza. And then uh, public service announcement, KYRS presents the film Pirate Radio on Thursday, September 5th at 7 p.m. at the Garland Theater. This comedy follows a group of DJs who have a pirate radio station on a small freighter off the coast of England in the 1960s. Five dollars at the door or get your tickets by searching for the Garland Theater on Fandango. Doors open at six. All proceeds benefit KYRS. That's Pirate Radio, the film, September 5th at the Garland. I never saw that, but Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that, so I think it'd be interesting to see his work. And then one more thing before we do, uh, I'd like to do a promo for uh, Jukebox Jenny, one of my friends. She does Working Woman's Blues on Sunday nights. 
Uh, make sure I have the DJ computer turned up, and here we go. Hang out with me, Jukebox Jenny, on Sundays from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear America's very own music, the blues. Let me help you shake the trouble out with a mix of funk, R&B, and blues from Delta to Chicago. You'll hear... Don't forget to shake your rump, too. It's a cocktail that will soothe the soul. Working Woman's Blues, Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., right here on KYRS. All right, and we're back. And during the commercial, I was asking, making sure that Diva was ready to talk about Michigan, I sensed a little uh, <laughs> hesitance there. Like, uh, I couldn't tell. But she said, oh, no, it's just how much time do we have? I just, I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I had the feeling like, oh, we don't want to go to Michigan. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. I spent most of my life out there. I came out here when I was about to turn 32. So, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, what part of my life mm. do you want to know about? Do you want to start at teenagehood? Just mostly the art, yeah. the art part. Oh, well, um, Let's see. I've always been in the artist. I've always been surrounded by the arts. My father was a photographer. My mother was a creative. She basically, um, she was like a graphic designer book. Book. You guys remember them old books, church books that they would hand out and put all like the ads for the different businesses to raise money and, and people would buy pieces and pages my mom actually would put those together so like had my parents really wanted to they could have started their own magazine mm. Mm. um so i grew up with that um surrounded by music all the time one of my mother's close friends had a phd in music and a phd in psychology and he had his own classical chorale that would travel around the world singing mm. handel's messiah so i grew up listening to classical music I tell a joke all the time that I thought all black people listen to classical music until <laughs> I was about 10 years old. And then I was like, oh, okay. So not all of us did, but I know that there were some of us who did. Mm -hmm. um, I started playing the clear. Well, I started playing the piano when I was about five, basically kind of taught myself, learned how to read um, treble clef very early and would just tinker around on the piano. Never got both hands to work together <laughs> which you know <laughs> can't all be <laughs> awesome pianists um and then started playing the clarinet in elementary school and my band teacher from my okay so i grew up going in elementary school i went to an all-black elementary school so my band teacher was this very tall black man his name was mr jackson who had dreadlocks like almost down to his ankles. Mm -hmm. Like he was the coolest person ever. And so we would play music in this, like it was a very small school, like 45 students. So mm -hmm. our band was very small, but um, played the clarinet and then went to high school and played the clarinet in band. And then mm, the summer going into my senior year, we went on band tour and I was like, oh, that's a bassoon. I want to play that. And went to my band teacher and said, um, I want to play the bassoon next year. And he goes, okay. 
And so he handed me a bassoon and a book. And I mm-hmm. taught myself how to play the bassoon and read bass clef um, in three months and came mm-hmm. back like, all right, summer break. Yay, I play the bassoon <laughs> now. Um, and then I went into makeup and then I went into hair and then I went into event planning. But I was kind of doing all that all along. Um, I sang. I was the lead alto in my youth choir at church from the time I was 13, 14. Um, became the youth leader of my church at 13. Um back home we are uh, the belief system i grew up in is kind of separated into conferences and within those conferences there are federations because the conferences can be so big that it's kind of like they want to get the youth together but mm-hmm. breaking down so at 14 i became federation vice president and then at 17 um i basically started having panic attacks i was doing a little bit too much mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a tad and being in school and um yeah i kind of walked away from everything after that and then kind of just went on i mean got married at 21 and got divorced by the time i was 22 and then (laughs) life kicked in (laughs) and kind of did a little bit of everything um i'll spare you some of those details but that's for after the show (laughs) um (laughs) oh come on that makes for the best radio (laughs) (laughs) um that's definitely after the show yeah uh but lived life and made Mm -hmm. mistakes and yeah, Eric and I were talking about, there's this, we were talking about, you know, these school of thoughts that always come around as educators, and one was, you know, you had to specialize, you know, from, you know, people that became great at something more specialized since they were kids at s- some certain uh, art or some certain type of thing, and then there's another counter-argument to that is the dabblers and people that have range, you know, mm-hmm. they try a lot of things, they actually get to, they live life, and then they eventually... F- kind of find their way after all these experiences into something that they really want to sink their teeth in. Does that sound like you? Pretty much. I realized that, you know, everything that I have experienced, um, my parents were born in 1937 and 1942, like I was telling you guys earlier. So my mother's 77 years old. And when my father passed away almost three years ago, he was 80. I will be 37 in a few weeks. <laughs> so I, I've had this range of just culture and, you know, parents who my mom said she didn't integrate her school until 55. Mm. So parents who grew up in Jim Crow and parent, she remembers when Emmett Till's body came back to Chicago, we're from Gary. Mm. So going through all this and, and her sharing those stories with me and my father kind of being like this, hippie wild child man who would walk everywhere ride his bike everywhere and you give him like mm-hmm. a book of matches and a pocket knife he could build you a whole mm-hmm. house in the woods <laughs> and you know growing up both very like I knew how to do a proper curtsy and like I said going to these classical music concerts and shining silver and no proper table settings and what knife went with what and where the water but you know all the things mm-hmm. And also being this feral child who at any <laughs> given time would kick her shoes off and run barefoot through a cornfield and climb trees in my, you know, uniform skirt and cutting my toes on rocks because we were waiting in like in Michigan. It rains like nobody's business. So the ditches mm-hmm. would fill up and just waiting with the boys and catching salamanders and snakes like there's this balance to me. And being homeschooled to the second grade mm. and going to an all black school that, you know, we had a black historian come in and teach us about life pre-slavery. Like 
having this range of just dynamic life and then leaving all that, leaving that sort of pampered princess life and going out into the real world and being like, wow, everybody did not grow up like me. Wow, I have a really sort of effed up view of the world based on my little bubble that I lived in. And then falling on my face over and over <laughs> again and failing over and over again and going from being such a high overachiever. Like I had more success and quote unquote power and experience by the time I was 18 than a lot of adults will ever have in their life. I was a people to people ambassador at 14. I went to Australia and New Zealand, like all these things, taking the SATs in the eighth grade, I went to a very advanced elementary school, taking the ACTs in the eighth grade and getting a 1430 after studying for a couple weeks, like just being this super overachiever and then just failing miserably at life in my twenties huge just mind explosion right and having to build that back up and then getting into an abusive relationship and going through that and living different aspects of life and being homeless at one point in time and moving across the country with my mother literally with nothing after I've, having spent seven months on bed rest with my daughter and so it's 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 one of those of just like I never thought that I would be an art agent. Never dreamed. That was never Diva's goal ever. I just wanted to like run restaurants or plan events. I, I wanted to be at one point, I wanted to be one of the top makeup artists at Fashion Week. I wanted to plan and organize Fashion Week. Um, and here I am in Spokane coming to a place that, I mean, when I looked it up, it was like 1.9% black people. And running into some of my artists um, who have grown up here and several have been like, you know, you're the first person, first black woman that I felt okay to be around. Um, kicking in doors, yelling and screaming, having people be like, okay, you're way too militant. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. Mm. This isn't something that I woke up and decided to do. This was bred within me from the day I was born. I never thought I would do this like this. This is this was not me, but I'm doing it. And it's hard sometimes. I want to quit all the time, all the time from trying to find space from the, for them to show their work and not allowing venues to police their work at all. Like, no, this is their work. The art is the art. And we come with a crowd. And we will get drunk. <laughs> we will be here till you kick us out because that's what we do. It's tough. It's tough being an ethical capitalist. It's tough not charging them a whole lot and saying, I want the majority of the money you make from your art to go back into your pocket. Because I'm not here just because I have walls or find a place for you to hang your work. One special thing about Shades is we do pop-up shows. We don't hang for a long period of time. This mm -hmm. is a, hey, you want this piece or you don't? Book a commission right now. There is no let me come back and no, you have to track us down after that. Getting spaces to understand 
how somebody from the East Coast Midwest operates when it comes to business. We don't have time for you. We said we were going to do something. You go back on it. Okay. All right. Thanks. Well, I, there are two things that you said that are really interesting to me. One, you said you never thought you were going to do this. No. And you said that there are times that you just want to throw it all in the garbage. Yes. Then, I mean, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful with this mm-hmm. question, but why do you do it? Because they deserve it. Because nobody's ever really, and, and don't get me wrong, there are people like Sandy Williams who have been fighting in this town for years, for years. There are black people here who have been creating space and pushing, but they deserve it in the art community because nobody was saying, hello, there's this whole group of people that we're ignoring. There's this whole group of people that we're not understanding and paying attention to their art. They deserve it. I don't mind if people talk about me. They can talk about, I've been in an abusive relationship. People I love have said really mean, horrible, terrible things about me. So the city of Spokane, people in Spokane trying to say things Mm. about me, it's not going to hurt my feelings. So I, when you got here and you weren't going to do that, how, what was the entry into that? How, how, what was the first couple of steps? Uh, an idea. There was no space. Like I said, I throw good parties. Mm-hmm. I, I know how it to It was find. something you wanted to see. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see myself represented. I want my daughter to see myself, herself represented. To, to hear a three, four-year-old, the way I grew up. So I grew up immersed in my culture. To hear my three-year-old say, Mommy, I I don't like black people and I don't want to be black because she grows up in a space where there is zero representation for her, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's schools. Like, back home, there are a ton of all-black schools. There's not one here. That is disturbed. Like, that disturbed me to my core. To want to have a community where I felt okay to be myself and hearing that same message from so many of my artists, especially the ones who grew up here, they deserve it. I've already had it. I can go home at any given time and walk right back into my culture and be totally fine. They don't have that here. Mm -hmm. And it is my job I feel like it's all of our jobs when we have been privileged because that's a privilege to go to an all black private school and grow up the way that I grew up. That's a privilege. Not everybody gets that to have parents bust their butts to keep you in private school until college, specifically a black one. My high school wasn't, but my elementary school was. That's a privilege. And when I realized that I got out here and I was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they deserve it. So at this point, I mean, this is kind of a nebulous question, but how's it going? Oh, it depends on the day. (laughs) (laughs) It really depends on the day. Um, Sometimes it's really awesome. And sometimes it's just like, how many more doors do I have to kick in? How many more places do I have to get my name out there? Has it gotten easier? Uh, Not really. Depends on the day. Depends Mm -hmm. on the day. There are some people who are like, yo, I really like what you're doing, and you never hear back from them again. Um, There are places where, as my old hospitality teacher used to say, an ABC location, an ABC 
place here in Spokane. I sat down with the manager, told him what we do. And he was like, yo, that's really dope. I was like, you know, I'll bring in other people. I'll find all this stuff. And I was waiting to hear back from him about space, how much space we were going to have. And he goes, oh, well, I think it should be an all racist show. And I was like, you know, that's not what we do. And that's not what we agreed upon. And he just led me down this hole. And I was just like, so now I have to, it's almost like, then you have to go scramble. Because mm-hmm. if I was already making plans for this and I had already told them this and I had, I had this months ago, now I legit have to scramble to find a place for these artists to hang their work when we're two weeks out from the first Friday and most places are booked. And then you turn around and say, yeah, we are an all black brown artist collective. Do you? I reach out to people and never hear back from them hmm. at all. Well, that would be frustrating. Mm. That a little. Would be. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's a story um, not uncommon mm-hmm. when you talk to, uh, you know, black educators, yes. black business people mm-hmm. uh, here in Spokane. Unfortunately, that is that is more the norm <laughs> than, yeah. than the exception. But certainly applaud you. And thank you. And, and you know, uh, fighting the good fight, I guess, uh, to give voice for other people that probably aren't going to be, you know, like you are coming into yeah. these places, which I can see, you know, uh, and some artists aren't really that, uh, they don't like to really toot their own horn, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so they, they need some people. Oh, to trust advocate. me. I argue with my artists about that all the time. <laughs> They're always yelling at me. Why are you making me do this? Really? Like for real? Yes. Like you're going to get out there because you are your art. You are your best voice, but it is, it is hard in this town. Yeah. It has broken me down at times to where I've just kind of lost it. Like, just been like, I want to go home. Like, <laughs> I just want to go home. I want to see my friends. I want to be brown. When I flew home the last time, I hit Denver and I hit that airport and I was like, <gasps> I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, it can be draining, yeah. it can be tiring. Um, but we also, and disclaimer, so you guys don't get the, hey, she never said, I'm learning. <laughs> we do have a really amazing following that is white. We do. Um, that support us, um, that support our artwork, that support support the vision, support the dream. With this town, as as a majority, is tough. Sure, the norms in this yes. town yeah. are not there. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and like I said, it just gets tiring yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Well, and you, you said something a minute ago, you are your art or something like that. Yes. And you didn't mention at all, I don't think in this interview, that you're a photographer, right? I am. And so we are in the same way. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that the question you were going to ask? Yeah. So I was thinking, I mean. I did mention it. I said I did an art show. Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe a little. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that. I mean, are you still doing that? Um, when you are creating space for other artists, there are times when your art takes back seat. I shoot for myself. The reason I picked up a camera is because I started a blog and I was like, I can't pay a photographer. So I need to know how to use this item. Um, I modeled freelance from the time I was 25. I've been doing it off and on for the last 12 years. So there's that aspect. Um, 
my dad was a photographer. I've been yeah, around. I was wondering if that yeah. was part of the reason why you picked up the camera. Yes. And so my first quarter um, at the falls doing the photo program, my father died in the middle of the quarter. And I had to fly home and bury my father. Um, well, collect him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it kept me sane. It keeps me grounded. But it is. It's my connection to him. I shoot for myself. I don't shoot for other people. So what kind of photography mm. do you do? Is this fashion photography? Is this nature photography? My is this street photography? What is it? When Before I left <laughs> the program, my goal was to go into fashion photography advertising. That is how I see the world. Like I said, I throw really <laughs> awesome parties and make things look <laughs> really pretty. Um, that's how I see the world. That's the industry I came from. Fashion side, modeling, you know, all the things. Um, now I just I like to shoot people how I see them. Um, so paying attention to their hands or how they might look out of a window. Um, one of my pieces from the Black Girl Magic series. Um, I took that picture at Hoopfest, and there is there was a dad. He was walking. You could tell he was a dad because he was carrying the baby like a sack of flour, like down, <laughs> like you're definitely her father, <laughs> and. She was just the most adorable little little chunky brown little baby. And I snapped the picture and he heard my shutter go off. He was like, did you get it? And he picked her up and said, hi, baby. And she just started smiling and stuck her hands out and capturing. I call it daddy's love. Capturing his face, looking at his daughter. And she's so such a baby. And the the stereotype that black men are not in their children's lives it's just like you know that that that's a stereotype that's not true i know more black men who are married and in their children's lives than i know who are not present baby daddy excluded <laughs> um <laughs> i one of my other pieces is called mama's baby So there's a woman who grew up here in Spokane. She is half black, half Puerto Rican. And she asked me to come to her daughter's, uh, her daughter's ninth birthday party. And I was just like, I'm gonna take my camera. I had a really bad day the day before. And I caught this picture of her kissing her daughter on the lips. Now, you know, that doesn't last very long. (laughs) So you have to keep those moments. (laughs) And I called it mama's love because there's this misconception that black women are really angry all the time and really bitter and just rawing in your face. But to see this soft moment between mother and child that at times we hide. And then Miss Patty, Patty O, um, she needed some headshots. And I call that picture the goddess because her gray streaks were so beautiful and I shot it in this beautiful natural light coming from a window and she's just kind of facing the window looking so regal and beautiful and it reminded me of all the black women who came before us who paved the way for us our grandmothers our aunts and just the goddess just this regalness this strength that we carry and then there is black girl magic so um the photo program does a shootout every single year. They rent out River At Spokane Falls? Yes, yeah. Spokane Falls. They do a shootout. And we go on location and we shoot. We basically take over River Riverside Place. 
and we can shoot almost on any floor mm. and we just they take the entire cage and all the lights and you can just go create right photographer's dream just oh rooms and lights mm -hmm. and people yay <laughs> and um i scouted for a couple days and i was like this is what i want to do and i picked the room and i had i think it's five in that picture one two three yep five um five black women differing skin tones all sitting in this old Masonic temple that one, women were not allowed in, and two, definitely black women weren't allowed in, sitting there, standing in this building and the magic of them. And there was a trans woman in there because I needed, there's a space in our community where we struggle with the LGBTQ mm. plus area of our community which is a whole other conversation for a whole other show but i needed a trans woman to be in that photograph i needed a younger girl to be in that photograph i needed women who weren't just black but inter-ethnic as i like to call it i hate the word mixed um inter-ethnic in that photograph patty is in that photograph and they're sitting on this beautiful furniture that they were not allowed in, but in 2018, they could sit there mm -hmm. and a black woman could take their photo. Um, there's a photo of my mother that I've never shown that I took from that same space. Like there's here, it, my art is about me and my experiences and how I see the world and what was placed into me. And that's why I wanted to do the dinners because you cannot understand an artist's work until they decide to let down their walls and become intimate with their audience. So where can we find these photos? Is there a place we can see them? Oh, those, th no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holding that on us. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, I didn't sell any of the pieces. Mm. Um, I actually still have the one of the dad because he lives over on the west side. And so everybody, I gave them, I put, I framed them in these very large, like 16 by 20 mm -hmm. brown traditional frames. And I was like, we don't have pictures of, I'm a millennial, you know, an old one, but mm -hmm. I'm a millennial. We, we don't, all our pictures are on our phones mm -hmm. and backed up in the cloud. We don't have, my father had multiple albums of me. We had mm -hmm. multiple photo albums. Mm -hmm. We had framed pictures. Mm -hmm. And so in good faith, I was like, I can't sell any of these. They're too precious. Mm. And that's how I shoot. I don't shoot to mass produce work. That, that's not what I do. I shoot because I see beauty that needs to be shown and represented um, for the community to show how the community and my people represent and influenced me. Your, your background as you talk through the show, you know, it's like... Um, two sides of a coin, mm -hmm. you know, your, your childhood and then your early adulthood. Um, and it, your, your passion for your cultural roots just, just exude almost to the point where I feel like you're, is, is there like a, a drive almost to champion th that feeling through your collective and through the artwork of others? Um, I think everybody needs to be championed. Everybody. Everybody has a story. My mother and my father, coming from the era that they came from, it was 
Um, nobody's better than anybody else, whether it's the janitor, the homeless person, or the CEO. Nobody. Everybody has a story. You can talk about them. You can feel how they feel. But at the end of the day, you are not better than them, and they are not better than you. Skip them. Nobody can take anything from you. You create your own path. You create your own way. But hold on, baby. While I'm telling you this, this other side is you're going to have to fight, and you're going to have to fight for it really hard. So knowing that we have had to fight and being raised with the mentality you have to work 10 times as hard to get half of what your counterparts will get, even if you are, quote unquote, better than them in whatever field, not a better person, but just excel better than they do, you're still going to have to work 10 times as hard to... For me to have that amount of drive and have, like I said, being this overachiever, somebody needs to pave the way. Somebody needs to be like, you know what? I don't care how y'all feel. I don't. I don't care what I have to do. But they deserve it. Um, I tell people I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere between a mix of a Malcolm and a Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm very peaceful until I don't have to be until yeah. I feel like I need to not be peaceful I'm very chill mm-hmm. until I don't know <laughs> what we're not going to do is that and um, I believe there's space for both there's space to like you said my passion for my people my passion for brownness my passion for the excellence of people and people to be seen people as themselves represented, yeah. and represent it yeah. like and that passion goes to both my culture, but also people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, there needs to be a voice for everyone. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I really applaud that effort, um, you know, with Spokane being so white. I think um, that, and it's the, the, we, the lack of diversity is a weakness mm-hmm. for, our, for our culture. And the more diversity we have, whether it's in the school or whatever, only adds to the the vibrance yeah. of the educational experience. You know, just talking to you, I feel like I've grown just that little bit more in knowledge and understanding and in trying to empathize in some way mm-hmm. that you, you make that connection. So no matter what it takes, I would just applaud the effort because everybody will benefit by having the voice of more diverse voices out there. Mm -hmm. And when you have these conversations, even if it's looking at the art, what a great way to make a connection with something that you maybe can't put into words about where we're at in this particular culture. We all, we still need, can we can be better. We can grow. Exactly. And I, I agree with everything Mike said, and I hate to step in, but we are running short on no time. No way. We're, yeah. Wow. I know. Sorry, <laughs> I can talk No, no, no. That's great. <laughs> no, that is awesome. And in fact, I had questions lined up that I thought, mm-hmm. and you know, you're talking about setting up a podcast for yourself, and I hope you do it because there are a lot of yeah. things that I'd like to hear about that. But uh, before we go, yes. just talk about where we can find what mm-hmm. you do, what's next, uh, what, what's important for you to make sure people know about. Um, so, of course, the dinners. Mm-hmm. And the next one is what date again? The very first one is September 15th. Brittany's going to be so mad at me about this. But come see Brittany. I love her. (laughs) I do. She is a local girl who grew up here, lived here all her life, poured into this community. Come meet her and And see her. And how would people find tickets for that? Um, On Facebook. You have to buy them on Facebook right now. I'm still still building out the website. I'm kind of something like a perfectionist. But Facebook, Shades of Me. Shades of Me. And the event, you can also search... 
the event on Facebook. It's public. Dinner with Shades. Dinner with Shades. Yes. Okay. Um, follow us on Instagram, sh- shades.of.me. And our website will be up soon, but it is www.shadesof.me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clever. I Thank like you. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the coming soon page is up on the website, but from there you can find our Facebook page and our Instagram. Those links are on there. And is there a First Friday show come? Oh, no, you're not doing it because of terrain, right? Uh, that's for October. We'll, oh. The jury's out on First Friday for September, but, you know, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Any place else we can find stuff? Um, um, and when the website's up, I guess, what's going to be there? Is it going to be uh, pictures of art from the Pictures peop- of art from the artist, artist bios, okay. all my shades adjacent. That's, that's my nickname for them. But all our resources to other artists that we support um, and all their bios and names. It, it's kind of funny because I was just like, send me a picture in your bio. And they were like, well, what are you doing? I was just send it to me. Now they know. Um, that will be on the website. A uh, way to take commissions will be on the website. Even link back to those artists that um, already have their own websites, linking back to them where you can purchase. I'm really working on getting these artists to have their own business and get their own business license. That's another part of what we do. Um, so yeah, that will be on the website and ways to book us for shows and um, other things. And yes, we do have a show at La Resistance. Shout out to Laura, Laura Lee. I hope I'm saying that right. Laura Lee. Laura Lee. Yes. From La Resistance. We will be doing a pop up show for first Friday Mm -hmm. in November at La Resistance Gallery. So, um, yeah. Well, I thank you for coming in. I I enjoyed it so much talking to you. I wish you the best of luck with all the people that you're promoting. Um, and it was just a pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Thank Absolutely. You. A real pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of this course. is fun. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs>